Welcome to the One in the Shibai with Suji and Ed. We're just two Asian Americans talking shit about shit. Except for today, we actually have a guest, but we'll get into that in a second. But how have you been? Hi, Ed. Um, I'm good. Uh, how was your week? It was good. It was good. The highlight was probably last night when we went to go eat everything. Corn dogs. When we went I to mean, go yes. eat everything. Yeah, we we <sighs> ate we ate a bunch of stuff. Oh, I don't I can't actually remember. Okay. Okonomiyaki. Yes, we ate, went and ate some okonomiyaki, um, and then I'm afterwards. Not lie, it's not my favorite. It was, it was good. It was good. I think part of the experience was taken away because they didn't make it at our table. No. You didn't love it. Mm -mm. I have a thing about fishy things. Oh, yeah. Um, So, like, things that are even, like, overly fishy things or, like, things that are very, very, um. Ocean. (laughs) Ocean-esque. I think sometimes just, it's for me, off-putting. I don't like it. Also, there was something about the texture about it. Like, as you, you know, it's like a round, I don't know, pancake-like thing, and it had, like, the noodles, and, like, the outside was okay. And then as you work your way into it, it got a little bit, like, softer and more, like, battery. And so, not battery, batter-like. Like, Like, um, so the texture was really, mm, I don't know, gelatinous almost, like, soft and, like, gooey. Um, which isn't my favorite texture. So I I can I found it a little hard to eat. I like, wasn't sure oh, in like the mechanics of it. Yeah, like <laughs> I was like trying to cut it with my my chopsticks, chopsticks. but they're noodles. Right. And then I I started to take my chopstick and try to cut it like it was a fork and knife. And yeah. I was like, this must look insane. And then I tried <laughs> to eat it like they were noodles, but the one was like crispened on top, so that like it wasn't it right. was coming apart, but it wasn't coming apart. Yeah. And I just, it just made me feel really self-conscious. And to be honest with you, I didn't think it was horrible. I didn't think it was horrible. It's just. But at least the place we went to, it wasn't very flavorful, I thought. I don't really know what flavor I was looking for because all I got was like fishiness. And that's just, I was already Yeah, I don't mind the um, fishiness, but I just felt like it was like, I don't know if bland was the right word, but there mm -hmm. just like wasn't very a lot of flavor and that's okay not everything's gonna be two hands corn dogs <laughs> but we did then go to two hands corn dogs afterwards and we ate all of, all of them oh my god which was really funny because we went last night it was myself <laughs> and our producer and obviously ed and our special guest for the day and so there was four of us and we got five corn dogs but we each wanted to try each corn dog <laughs> We're not because we're super Asian. We're all Asian. Like right. we all want to just taste everything. A little bit. Yeah. But like it's a it's on a stick. Right. And so we were attempting to cut it. And I don't know whose idea it was. They're holding it straight up and trying to like hack at it. <laughs> like vertically. And I was that like, was what the fuck are we doing? So I had then had to strip each corn dog, unsheath it from its stick, and then cut each piece. So I just want to be truthful. It wasn't until like the third corn dog. That okay. Susie had well, of this. because I was like, "Why are this isn't working? This is so fucking awkward. There has to be a better way." And my alien brain was like, "Oh wait." Okay. So the reason why I only cut the top half was because all the toppings were on top, and I didn't want to flip it over to ruin the toppings. Right. So I just was like, you know, I'll just cut the top half, and I was like, it'll just rip off. It, dis- it, it doesn't. It, it, it will not just the rip stick off. Really fucked everything up. And I will say there was definitely something about the experience that was taken away by not eating it off the stick you know yes. what i mean there's definitely that like visceral corn dog experience so when you eat corn dogs in chunks like an hors d'oeuvre it just didn't have the same like yes. nostalgic corn dog 
at the fair kind of quality. I, I so that means we have to go back and get our own. I understand <laughs> the sampler thing, but they give you full on corn dogs. And right. realistically, I wish they just gave you like mini corn dogs. Wouldn't that be so cute if you just had like little mini bites and just like a whole like bucket of them? Versus like, bucket. you know, we're still like post COVID, you know? Well, yeah, right. I was like, we can't just like go bite for bite. That's just so gnarly. I mean, I would have been okay that. with it. I just didn't know if we were all okay with it. And it just seemed like the most like sensible thing to just cut yeah. it. Okay. Even well, so, though it wasn't very sensibly done. So two hands corn <laughs> oh dogs. If you want to take any, you know, customer feedback, uh, sampler platter yeah, would be I the will, way to do it. I'll even like guinea pig myself to let you know, like we volunteer as tribute. <laughs> as tribute. <laughs> We will sit at the two hands factory, wherever that is, and conveyor belt, eat all the corn dogs. Just move it into my home. <laughs> and then we went to, I'm telling you, we ate so many fucking things. Then we went to, what was it called? Honey, honey me. Honey me. I'd never been to honey me. It's There's frozen a yogurt. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I got it's the soft serve. Soft, what's the difference? Frozen yogurt. I think it's the butterfat content. Oh, science. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Richness. know, but it was really delicious. That was actually really good. It was really light and it was really like, it wasn't really heavy like ice cream is. And mine had a little honeycomb in it, which was good at the time. And then I was driving home and I was like, I can't get this piece of wax <laughs> out of my tooth. And the whole drive, I was like, trying to like not crash. I was like, God, it's so annoying. And I was like, maybe I'll have to, I went home and I had to put like really hot water in my mouth to melt it off the pipe. It was all, really? so it was all like, you know, my last tooth is like this. It was on the backside of my last tooth. And I was like, okay, I couldn't reach it with my tongue. I couldn't do nothing. I was like trying to jam my finger, but that just pushed it up more. And I was like, I have to melt it. <laughs> That's what I did. That's like, so weird. I was like, I got home and I was like, honey, can you turn on the kettle? He's like, are you going to have tea right now? I was like, it's kind of a long story. I don't feel like getting into it with you right now. That's really weird. Yesterday I was brushing my teeth and um, I had a piece of hair stuck in between my teeth. Whose hair? It, it was mine, I think. How it must have been. There? I have no idea. <laughs> I woke up, did my morning stuff, started like brush, like was about to brush my teeth. And I like looked in the mirror and there was like a piece of hair stuck <laughs> right here. And then I couldn't get it. And it just kept wedging further yeah. in between the teeth. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So then, <laughs> then I try to like mouthwash like a crazy person with water to like gargle and it didn't budge. I even took my tweezers and tried to like oh stick it in there. And I was like, I'm gonna break my tooth. <laughs> what conversation is this? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on? You know, life oh. in my 30 some I years really of life. I really need to know how you got a piece of your short hair wedged in your teeth because you have to like get it up there. I don't know how it happened. Like if you're flossing with your hair, which you could do if you had longer hair, but your hair's so short. I don't know. It I might really have happened to spend in my spend much time thinking sleep? about this. What? Doing what were you doing? I don't know. I sometimes I'm a mouth breather when I sleep sometimes. But you'd have oh, to like. I hate a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was just like. <laughs> or something. I don't know. I don't know. Physics. That's, you know. I, 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 it's going to be a mystery that will never be solved. Apparently, I'm the only person this has ever happened. I can't live with this now. I can't live with not knowing how that fucking happened. And I, I have no idea. You. But this little short piece of hair was stuck right, literally, vertically, right in the teeth. And I was the just only like, thing I can think of is. Maybe it wasn't your hair. Oh, it was my hair. How do you know? 
It could have easily been my hair. You wouldn't have known. It's just a no, black hair. It was really short. It was like. But what I'm saying is how this. would your hair have gotten What if, hair? let's say, one of the people at Two Hands accidentally, one of their hairs fell on your corn dog, and then you bit it, and that's how the, it got lodged in your tooth. More realistically, since it was yesterday morning before we went, it might have been oh. my own hair and my own food that I cooked than that yes. I ate. Okay. I, I just know that it wasn't my dog's hair. <laughs> People are gonna call you dog eater now. Good job. Gonna, <laughs> it was not my dog's hair. It was not my roommate's hair, I think. How do you know that? Because how would his hair get what, in my- Did you like do a fucking DNA test on the- No, <laughs> the but like how would any of their hairs get in my mouth? I mean, it's all very mysterious and we're so sorry you guys had to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that was the highlight of my week. And I think that after that conversation, I can't think of a better time to introduce our guest. Uh, today we have a really exciting guest. He is a really well-known artist. Uh, he did a cover for the Fall Out Boys and just a really big fan of his for a really long time in my life. We have our guest, Luke Chu. 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 Hi, Luke. Thank you so much Hi. for joining us. We're, we feel so honored. I'm so excited that you're here. The pleasure is mine. Thanks Thank for having you. me. And uh, I, I only struggle with the last part of your name because I know technically that's not how it's pronounced, it's, it's but actually, that is how you prefer it to be pronounced. Sure. It's um, it's pronounced Tre, but like say Star Trek Trek yeah, without yeah. the K, but um, I prefer Chu because it kind of rolls off of my first name, Luke, with the two oo sounds. Right. No, yeah, yeah, Luke yeah. Chu. And it's, oh. yeah, it's just easier for people to say. Yeah. Easier for people to say. Yeah. And remember, yeah. and you know, as an artist, you want to be, you know, remembered for. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, but yeah, we were just, uh, well, before we were, um, before we started, we were just uh, talking about where my artwork fits into the um, genres of art. And um, we were talking about lowbrow and yeah. uh, as to whether or not that term is offensive. Right. And to a certain degree, it is offensive because like being lowbrow implies like, you know, like a low, like, right. uh, like, you know, eyebrow bridge or whatever, which is more like a, like a gorilla. Lower intellect or, or, lower or in right. right. Subspecies type. But it's actually kind of more of a tongue in cheek term because it kind of comes from, I think it comes from uh, Robert Williams, whom is often considered the godfather of so-called lowbrow art, and he published one of his first books was called "The Lowbrow Art of Robert Williams," oh. and then it kind of like snowballed from there. And then there was an attempt to rebrand it, I think, in the early two thousands as pop surrealism, which it's like on the other end of the spectrum, it's like right. really snooty, um, pretentious, right? A little pretentious, but like in an ignorant kind of way yeah. because the like the surrealists kind of they had like they they kind of followed like the 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 idea of you know art movements over the time they had a manifesto and like you know yeah. people like rallied around artists rallied around the the manifesto and whatever and like we're just kind of like a scattershot of a whole bunch of artists you know doing whatever the hell we want um, inspired by popular culture or, you know, traditional art movements and stuff like that. So I don't know, you could call me, um, you know, call my art, whatever you want. It really doesn't bother me anymore. I, I used to take a little bit offense to, um, the 
label of lowbrow, not because of what it implied, but the aesthetic of lowbrow uh, when it was kind of coming into its own in the 90s, in, in the 80s and 90s, was really kind of driven by like white culture, like yeah. hot rods mm -hmm. and, yep. you know, like all that kind yeah. of very Americana, stuff, yeah. yeah, like hot rods and yep. whatever. And so, um, and I don't feel like I'm at all, my aesthetic is at all informed by no. the, um, those things. So it is, yeah, it is would what you, it is. How would you qualify it or quantify your, your art? Or what would you t title it? If so, you just had to see, like, give us one sentence on, on what your art is. Um, my artwork is, that's a tough question. Right. Like I, I guess on, on one hand, you know, I was very much inspired by the artworks of like, say, Takeshi Murakami or Yoshitomo Nara, mm -hmm. um, a lot of the street art aesthetic and the, uh, and, and the, you know, art toy aesthetic, uh, which kind of came up in the early two thousands. Um, it's very narrative. Uh, I consider myself, my work to be very introspective. It's mm -hmm. about, um, the way I, my experiences being an Asian American has informed my perspective um, on the world. Um, and so, you know, I use a lot of like kind of tongue in cheek stuff and metaphor, visual metaphor to where I drop this character. It's a kind of like this bear character. Mm -hmm. um, people often ask like, you know, where does the bear come from? And just to sum it up really quickly, um, wait, Am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay. You've, only, yeah. you've only known me for like 24 hours. I'm sure you could have guessed the answer was yes. <laughs> well, you never know. And then the, um, also like, am I like, can I like get into like, yeah, get, I mean, you can talk get, about whatever you want. Whatever you want. Yeah. We want to hear everything. Okay. So my best friend, uh, Jamie and I were on acid. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> and we I were, was like, he's going to like say like murder spree or like, <laughs> no, 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 we're just on acid. Shit. Nothing, nothing, okay, nothing, nothing bad. Like, oh, cool. just acid. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> Easy. And we were running around going like, oh, we're, we're Care Bears. I'm Luke Bear. She's, Got it. she's Jamie Bear. Ah. And then I used to live in that house. I, so I grew up in, I went to school in San Luis Obispo, mm -hmm. college town. Yep. And I used to live in that house where like when the bars closed, people would, you know, trickle yeah. in and the hang out house, yeah. and the party would continue. And, you know, we were dosing and, you know, walking up to people going, oh, I'm like Sunshine Bear. And now oh, I'm like Laughs A Lot Bear. What bear are you? <laughs> and then this guy who in my like intoxicated mind uh, looked like he was itching for a fight because, you know, oh. the violent drunk types yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, looks at us and goes, you guys are fucking bullshit bears. <gasps> So rude. <laughs> we looked at each other and it was the funniest thing. And we just went running off. And then after that, like it was, I'm, you know, was Luke bear. She was Jamie bear. And to this day, we still refer to each other as that. And so when I moved to Los Angeles during my quarter life crisis mm -hmm. in 2003, like <laughs> yeah. I, and Journey I couldn't to find yourself couldn't find a job. And so, uh, I was introduced to a show called cannibal flower. Um, it no longer exists, but it has kind of, um, morphed into like art bar in Venice and, mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the guy who ran that show also works for Think Space Gallery. Um, I needed to come up with a character. I wanted to come up with a character that I could be able to wrap um, 
my, you know, idea yeah. around. And so the bear, this kind of was a, um, an obvious choice. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, I didn't even really want it to be like a bear. So like I kind of morphed a whole bunch of different like attributes. So there's triangular ears, which are like cats mm -hmm. and like a fox almost. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. And then the, um, the bear, like I it's just, I just wanted to create something cute and something that people yeah. can empathize with. Right. Like a relatable um, character. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. And I kind of built this entire philosophy around the, the, the employment of this character, um, because, uh, in order to rationalize me doing cartoon characters as serious art. Yeah. And like the ideas that I kind of imbued into it is that by employing anthropomorphized characters, mm -hmm. I am bypassing the potential ageism, racism, and sexism that would be associated with human characters. Right. Wow. Ignoring the fact that humans are just really hard to draw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or especially hands. And, yeah, hands, hands are hard. <laughs> faces are hard. Yeah. You know? And I wanted to create artwork that was like both attractive and maybe disarming, you know, inviting and, yeah. well, um, and, and, you know, I have a very, listen, I'll be totally honest. I know as much about art as I do building a carburetor. I really don't, you know, but mm -hmm. objectively to look at the art, it was so, I want to say like in its expression, the bear itself is so simply drawn and like, mm -hmm. but you can read so much expression from it. Like I showed my daughter, Maybe I shouldn't have because she's very young. <laughs> she's only eight. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at the, the photos and she's like, what are you looking at? I was like, I'm looking at some art, you know, an, an artist that is going to be coming in tomorrow. I'm, I'm getting familiar with his art. And so the first one she sees is, I don't know what the title mm -hmm. of it is. Oh, slanted. Yeah. <laughs> is the bear holding its eyes back mm -hmm. in the very traditional, very discriminatory, mm -hmm. you know, way that people do. Which he drew for a show mm -hmm. at our gallery. Which yeah, I yes. find so amazing. Yeah. And she sees that. She goes, oh. Mommy, isn't that racist? And I was like, well, yeah, kind of. She's like, but the bear looks so sad doing it. And I was like, that is very perceptive of you. And I was like, I was, and I was like, even she as a child could read like the emotion from the bear, which is such as, like you said, it's like a very, it's not like a human face. You can't read a lot of, there aren't a lot of distinctive facial characteristics, but she could mm -hmm. very, very easily discern the emotion from the, sure. the, the painting. And I was mm -hmm. like impressed by both of you, to be honest. Well, I think that, like I'm also, I was born in the seventies. And so I grew up watching like a lot of cartoons, mm -hmm. reading a lot of comics. I still do both of those things. Yeah. And so that kind of visual information, like hand drawn, mm. um, uh, cartoon characters, like heavily informs, um, the things that I do. And, uh, we were talking last night about, you know, the emotive um, qualities of my work. And I think that the thing that I am most interested in is this idea of like contrast. Mm -hmm. So like the reason why the bear is white, or at least the original idea that the, the bear is white is this idea of that I want of like tabula rasa or the clean slate or like um, innocence. And you know, one of the narr the big narratives that I like to employ is this idea of innocence lost because mm. I believe that no matter who you are we all kind of like have that moment where we're kind of like ah this is all a fucking lie mm -hmm. yeah right. and um you know and so 
uh, you know, I, I try and, um, you know, I, I generally kind of avoid like, you know, playing like the race card because I'm more interested in kind of universal, um, themes and, yeah, experiences. And once in a while I'll like kind of like get into very per more personal stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, that painting slanted that I created for you was actually created for an AAPI show. Yep. Yeah. And so that's um, Asian American Pacific Islander, in case yeah. you don't know. For those of you who yeah. don't know, but if you're actually listening to our podcast, you already yeah. knew. It was, it was during the pandemic and it mm -hmm. was during um, May, which is, you know, AAPI Heritage Month. Yep. Yeah. Is that a new thing? I kind of feel like it's a new thing. It's new-ish. Yeah, I don't like. I don't remember it in my childhood. Mm -hmm. Maybe it existed, just no one cared. But I do feel like it might be newish. Like maybe in the last like decade, ten years. I, or I so. feel like the first time I heard about this was last year, oh. <laughs> <laughs> or two years ago yeah, when yeah. I when I created the painting or whatever. You're like, oh, yeah. cool, <laughs> like, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, Luke, what I think is really interesting is that you say mm. that the art is kind of your interpretation of yourself. Sure. Um, and obviously, your being Asian American informs all of these emotions and feelings and things like that. So, when you say like it's more kind of like a personal thing, which I found really interesting, is like how relatable it was mm -hmm. for me as you know also an asian woman so i know that you don't want to speak for others you just are speaking for yourself but i think you whether you intend to or not do speak for us because i feel like it's such a relatable way to like i don't know very clearly see exactly what it is you're trying to to say obviously the art is you know interpretation is very very important obviously and everybody will, will interpret things differently but i found such relatability in in your work i think it's I was really moved by it. I really, yeah. Really I was. mean, that one specifically, I think, but there's just no, me, oh, even the other ones. No, 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 for sure. Yeah. I mean, specifically with Asian, but yeah. I just mean overall. I feel like I relate mostly with your art and just this like, and maybe it is kind of a slightly common Asian theme, but like where we just like try to portray everything is fine, but I'm literally just falling apart inside there was a right. sadness to it that i was just like Relate moved to. by yeah. you know and i think that was the thing is like the bear is so like approachable and cute and sweet and cuddly and then you look down and its hands are dripping with blood and i'm like right. i'm feeling mm -hmm. so many mm -hmm. feelings looking at this picture it's like really yeah. impactful I, well like especially when i first started painting um it was this one little window, like a one year window of sobriety that I had. Um, and then like, I'm a recovering, recovering addict. Yeah. And I, one of the reasons why I retreated to Los Angeles back to the comforts of my mother and father's place was because I was dealing with addiction issues. And then I, you know, came back after moving to Los Angeles, I was like sober enough to kind of get a ball rolling and then, uh, you know, found, figured out like how the, you know, drug market works in Los Angeles. Yeah. And then I kind of fell back into it yeah. um, for like, you know, seven years. I've been sober now for almost 12 years. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. That's, Thank an, you. that's an accomplishment. That's yeah. But the, like, I think that experience like really kind of informs my like nihilistic, you know, um, Under, like understanding or interpretation of this world. And for a long time, like the, uh, like, so the blood on the hands was kind of, was in my, to me, a metaphor for my addiction issues. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of like the, but like the thing is, is I 
I've done like a couple of paintings that re directly address my uh, th that life that I was le um, leading, but like I kind of at the same time I wanted to like I found myself using like relationship metaphors uh, for the um, I don't know uh, to kind of um, describe like the things that I was experiencing because you know. I think most addicts would agree that like what you really have is not just um, a um, a physiological addiction to a, a substance. It is a psychological. It's it's like a it's literally a relationship, mm -hmm. a yeah, love hate relationship we have um, with a substance, and that love hate thing can be reinterpreted as you know uh, like. Just normal, like normal relationships. Though I don't really like to kind of, um, you know, address that like idea of like love and like you know between two people in my work because, like, I think everybody has their own different experiences and right. can't really like, you know, you know, like I don't know. I just I don't like to. It is. Get, it's <laughs> just like relationships are so nuanced. You can't really. It's a relationship that you have with yourself. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You know, right. and um, you know whether it's positive or negative, um, self-destructive or uplifting. Um, those are the things I, I think I find like the most interesting. Um, so. So Luke, tell us a little bit about before you were Luke the artist. You know what I mean? Like where you grew up, your family relationship, like all that stuff. I know you're from Fresno. Yes. Because um, I think, like you said, you know, your art is informed by your experience. So sure. what were your experiences leading up to kind of how you became the artist you are? Uh, so uh, I was born in Philadelphia, uh, but three months after I was born, I my family moved to Fresno mm -hmm. and uh, that's it sucked. It sucked. Oh, it really sucked. Why oh. did they move from Philly to Fresno? Because that's work. Like, oh, okay. Work, work. My father was a social worker, and oh. so he was able to like find jo uh, work in that uh, field in Fresno. Are your California. parents immigrants? Your parents are Chinese immigrants. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I believe that makes me first generation. Mm -hmm. I don't know how the generation yeah. I always thing. get confused. I, I think, think sometimes it, it is. I think sometimes they think of the immigrants as first gen, yeah. and then the state-born side. So all three yes. of us are. Second gen, but I've always considered it the way you do. Yeah. Right, like I'm the, I'd first, be the first generation born, born, born here. Born here. Right. Yeah, like first I'm sure somebody in the comment section will American. tell us that we're wrong yeah. or right. Please let us know. Don't. And, um, but yeah, so I grew up in Fresno, and Fresno was like a red dot in blue California, Oof. and uh, so yeah, I you know I went experienced you know a lot of you know. I don't know, like racism and discrimination and, you know, bullying and bullshit. Bullying, yeah. Bullying and harassment and For everything sure. like that. And um, then, you know, after, you know, spending the first 18 years of my life in that hellhole, I went on to go to school at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, where everything kind of just flipped yeah. on itself. Um, like I was basically living in a Central Coast you know, paradise. Yeah, it's so and, beautiful there. Yeah, and you know, I like, yeah, had a great time. And before you moved to San Luis Obispo, as I'm guessing, one of probably very few Asian people, if any, <clears throat> were there other Asian people around you, 
Or was no. It, so no. Did you did you actively like seek out community, or were you just like fuck this? This is I'm just gonna hide and just like be by myself Survive. and reclusive and like not. No, I, I just I, I befriended people that I got along with, mm -hmm. yeah. and um, you know a lot of those people are kind of like I was that like Asian kind of goth, wore all black, you know, listened to industrial music, <laughs> was you know, aspiring record store employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someday. All of that was so cool when we were but, young. Yeah. Yeah. Especially 70s kids, like that was like being working at the record shop so, was the coolest you could be. Oh yeah, I wanted to be that kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And so I, I didn't, I just kind of, I had a lot of white friends, you know, I, you know, my back in Fresno, my best friend in Fresno is an Indian guy. Um, and hung out like I, I actually hated like most of the, you know, Chinese kids that I grew up around. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Because Charlie practices the violin for an hour a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because so and so wants to be a fucking doctor. Because Dollar Blah is playing fucking tennis. Uh, so then this Fuck was your you. active rebellion <laughs> against that then? Yes. Got oh it. I I feel like I before I even met you, I kind of related that through your art because um, I also grew up in a really white area and I think I worked so hard, especially during my childhood, maybe even my early 20s, like trying to dispel that I'm anything stereotypically Asian. Oh. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes even, at least for me, that also included like getting heavily into drugs. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I was like, oh, Asian people aren't supposed to do drugs. Well, I'm then I'm going to do all the cocaine then. You know <laughs> what I mean? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. So, I, which I, I think is so interesting because I think a lot of, well, at least even for me, like my objective was to like just fit in, do what everybody else is doing, fit in. That way, maybe you can fly, you know, just under the radar. Whereas you were very much like, fuck all of this. I'm going full opposite everything yeah. you guys do, and I'm going to completely, you know, go against, I, which yeah. I think is really, I don't know, it's really interesting to me because I was like, I don't want people to look at me and, you know, like just, I'll just wear what you guys are wearing and say what you guys are saying and like not stick no, out. No, I, no, I hated that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hated that shit. It, it felt so natural for me to just kind of like, re, you know, to openly rebel yeah. uh, against, you know, everything. Well, then and let me ask you this then, then what was that experience like? Like what were your parents' perspective yeah. on that? Did, because did, that's gotta be. Oh, I, I like wrecked my family. <laughs> did, they try to, did they try to project those like ideals and like, desires onto you like did they want you no no my my father like i said my father was a social worker and so he kind of like was a little, lot more open i think my mom was much more conservative traditional, yeah, traditional yeah. conservative but um she never really kind of pushes any like conservative value uh, uh, like traditional values on me like even now she's not like no, where's my grandchildren or yeah, yeah, some, yeah. you know, shit like that. She's, you know, pretty chill, but like, yeah, my father, social worker, like kind of like, I think knew like, oh, like, yeah, this is, this is just kind of inevitable. Yeah. Cause yeah. like I had a struggle because my mom wanted to, wanted me to be one of those stereotypical Asian kids. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I struggled a lot because like I wanted to please her because like I wanted her to be proud of me, but at the same time I was like, none of this is who I am or who I want right. to be. Right, right, yeah, no, it's, I'm like, I'm not gonna be a doctor. Yeah. I hate school. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are you an only child? No, I have a sister. Okay, Yeah. got it. Um, she struggled in her own way uh, too with, 
like growing up in Fresno. Uh, I don't but, see how you couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, Fresno is just. I, I I haven't been back in a while, but like you know, like Fresno is, a hundred and like ten degrees summers and like thirty five like thirty five forty degree winters, and it's like sucks and there's yeah. nothing it's yeah. just it's just this big flat wasteland of decay yep and you know and racism yeah which <laughs> like, when you don't have anything to do especially kids you know it's, mm -hmm. it's hard not to do be an asshole well the funny thing is i didn't even get into like drugs or anything like that during that period yeah like yeah. i it all like it it all kind of happened like during college which yeah. you know Same. was like amazing yeah. Well, well, when you, well, yeah when you get out of all of that and all the repression and expectations or whatever and you're like have freedom for the first time yourself and you have i have agency over my own self you're mm -hmm. like i don't know what that means right i'm doing everything yeah mm -hmm. yeah hard yeah. right yeah and like and i didn't even get into the hard stuff until after i graduated oh wow because i was like you know i still have to do this i still have to like get my you know, degree. degree. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I smoked weed and I drank a lot and I, you know, did like acid, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, um, but it wasn't until like after I, and I was on like the six year program at my school. Cause, oh yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just see. I went to a CSU. So, and at the time it was like, Seven hundred dollars for a full term. Right. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, we're older than you. Yeah. <laughs> and, my, and my rent was like three hundred and fifty dollars. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but the difference is so is insane because it was like twenty thousand for me to go to school yeah. per year. Well, I mean, per term. So I went to um, uh, California Polytechnical School, which is a, a four quarter system. Oh, so seven hundred, two thousand one hundred. You know, yeah. four. Still though, that's yeah. ten times less than. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, how? So you left college and then got heavily into drugs, and then you yeah. got sober, and then you got back into drugs, and then. Mm -hmm. So, what was the trajectory of like your artistry and like your drug use? Because I feel like a lot of people think that. I don't know. I think a lot of people associate drug use with a lot of very creative, successful artists. And they, you know what I mean? So like, how do you, how did that chop up for you? Uh, it didn't. Okay. It didn't work out that way because my drug habit was so like massive at the time that I really needed to like be able to scrape up. I think at the time I had like $150 a day drug habit. Wow. And so I needed to like come up with that kind of money mm -hmm. like very regularly. And in order for me to come up with that money, I had to deliver and sell artwork that um, I knew I had to create artwork that I know would sell. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, that didn't really leave a lot of room for experimentation Got or it. anything like that. And, um, you know, when it all kind of ended, like it, you know, I've been like wanting to, for, you know, the cycle to stop, you know, just so I could be able, like, I was so bored with my artwork. I was just mm. like, oh my God. You know, like, like hotel lobby you know. stuff? No, like, it was <laughs> it's the, the bear and yeah. like, you know, blood and gore and everything like that. But it's just, you know, like you can only paint so many bloody bears right. before you're kind right. of like, I'm like. Bored with bloody bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am so over this. And, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, when I stopped, when I finally was able to stop and I, um, and mind you, I tried like 
rehabs and I tried mm -hmm. like different programs here and there. And I tried going to NA and AA meetings and like, I just could never like, I don't know, like get into it. Grasp it. Like, yeah. Just I, I think the, the faith thing, like was a uh, as an issue for me. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it wasn't necessarily determined. It's just like people, um, like people. I remember, like, I, my my first and my only um, sponsor, you know, like w tried to help me work through like the twelve step program, and like the first or like first or second step had something to do with like acknowledging that you had a problem yeah. with drugs, <laughs> and I was like. No of course shit. I've got a problem. No with drugs. Like, like, why else would I be, why would I be sitting in this <laughs> yeah. random fucking church? Yep. <laughs> I know I can't stop drugs on my own. I know I can't. It's like, you know, I've got like the holes all over my body to, to prove it. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, yeah, I just kind of, you know, um, and like, it wasn't like some great epiphany for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you could step aside from your body and you know, or something from yourself and look at it yourself and go, yeah, yeah I'm, Fucked. This is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucked up, man. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I, I just like, like none of the steps were like some kind of revelation for me. Like yeah. it was all like obvious, like everything was obvious. And so what I ended up doing was I got on a methadone clinic and just kind of weaned myself, you know, off. And then once I finally like, you know, got to a point where it's like, I'm just drinking pink colored water now. Um, uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right, right. I'm like, like uh, this is you know, I'm I'm done and you know finally was done done. So it's so interesting that you say that your art was boring to you at what like the it, while you were using is what you're saying. Yes, which I think is so funny because when you think about like media and stuff, right? Like drug use is so romanticized when it comes to artists and you see them painting their most, you know, prolific work or whatever. Like th this is like the romanticized, right. you know, narrative that they give, you mm -hmm. know, the art world. So I find it actually really interesting that you say that it's it's the opposite. In fact, I find that. I mean, I think both can exist. It just sounds sure. like you Wasn't were in a situation right. where you needed to churn your artwork out to make the money to right. fuel your habit. Versus right? the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Um, my my husband actually is in recovery. My husband is an a, is an alcoholic, mm -hmm. and so when you talk about the program and like a lot of the aspects of it, I'm mm -hmm. like, I can totally see how you saw it that way because my husband is very devout to this twelve steps, and he's doing great, and I'm not begrudging any of that. But that's I mean that's that's awesome. For sure. Yeah, I, I think that the program, the fellowship, can is. Is great, and it's, right. there's a lot of people out there whom it has helped, yes. and I am not going to like you know, like say it's bad or right. wrong no, 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 or whatever. No. But like it just wasn't me. But for it sure, work for right? Everyone. And yeah. and me not being an alcoholic, when mm -hmm. I see my husband going through the steps and all that stuff, I'm like really surprised that he kind of I don't want to say like bought into it, but like this is working for him because mm -hmm. before when he was an alcoholic, mm -hmm. you know these are things that he probably would have been like, yeah, no, I'm not buying into this, but it's working for him. Right. But me, I'm like, I'm so surprised that it works for him. So like, I get what you're saying as to like, not subscribing to certain aspects of it. Cause I am like, I don't know that I would. Yeah, if you were going through, you don't know yeah. if you'd I, I don't think you. I would at all. Yeah. In fact, I know yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, like I, I, I wanted it to work for me. For sure. I, you know, I wanted, and I like, even you know, though I didn't necessarily believe in that the, in the fellowship, I often thought to myself, I should just go to these things just to kind of develop a social network of 
you know, people who are living the straight, you know, lives in the straight and narrow and like have them around me, you know, but I don't know, like the one thing you'd be kind of surprised is at least, you know, with this art scene that I was in, like at that time, you know, a decade ago, like was how little like, you know, shenanigans Mm. Um, was happening around me. I'm like, I'm sure it was happening, you know, here and there, but it was like, on, as a whole, like people were just grinding. People were just like, you know, yeah. get into the studio, work, 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 mm. work. Maybe like, you know, go to a party on the weekend, you know, get like wasted and then wake up the next day and get back to work again. And um, I never felt like, oh, I'm in some sort of like toxic, self-destructive, you know, like you know, world. Like people were too busy trying to catch up with deadlines. People were too mm. busy trying to right. like, you know, like you don't, you don't travel like, you know, to like other countries with, you know, like an eight ball of Coke in your ass. Right. You know, I mean, like we all like want to think don't. that we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. They don't. But, yeah, right. You know, so it's, um. It's, 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 it's just way too risky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I like got off a plane in a different country. I went to, I was visiting, um, Japan and like I was sober at the time. It was like in the first couple of years I was sober and like, I like, you know, got into like the lobby and I was greeted by a drug, a drug sniffing dog. Oh. And I was just thinking to myself, like, Hmm. If this was like two years ago, yeah. I'd, I'd be fucked. I'd be fucked. Yeah. I'd it's, be so fucked. And so, uh, like, and you know, I love traveling. It's it's fun. Yeah. So that's so funny that you say that. Every time my husband and I are driving, and I've been like, you know, my husband is very comfortable with us going out and me having a couple glasses of wine or whatever, mm -hmm. and it's like not a thing for him. But one night we got pulled over. He was driving. No, we didn't get pulled over. The cops' lights were flashing behind us, and he goes. I know that's not for me. And I was like, and even if it is, it's not going to be a problem. I was like, oh, that's such a good way to think about it. Like my designated driver doesn't ever have to worry again about being pulled over and getting arrested and going to jail because he's yeah. drunk driving. So right, right. I, I get that. It's well, only I, I can't, I, especially like, you know, being an alcohol, uh, uh, a recovering alcoholic, uh, I can only imagine like the, the dread that like, you know, right. yeah. you know so like, readily available. Oh. And I was actually talking to him. We, we, we all went to dinner last night and we all had, so much food. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a so second. So many corn dogs. Oh my God. So and then I, dogs. I was like, Not step over the edge. In fact, I um, went home and I was like, I want to do that again. I know. Right now. But it hurts. But my stomach hates. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it hurts so bad. Um, I was telling my husband something that you said, and I'd, I'd never really thought about it from the perspective that you gave, which was like, People who use hard drugs or are addicted to gambling or are addicted to, you know, certain things, it's not as prevalent or prominent just in your day-to-day -day life, right? You don't yeah. you don't go into it, you don't see casinos every single, you know, place you go. You don't see drug dealers necessarily or you know, whatever. Whereas with my husband, alcohol is everywhere. Right. Right? We go to dinner, there's alcohol. He goes grocery shopping, there's alcohol. We go, you know, parties, there's alcohol, barbecues, even our kids' school events, there's alcohol. I'm like, it's everywhere. And like it really didn't dawn on me. There's it, alcohol like, at school events. Though? Fuck yeah! How do you think they make money? They they sell. Oh yeah, for I had sure. No idea. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's super fun. Um, are you kidding me? That's like the, for a lot of us, like the only way a lot of us get through parenting. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> Time to be but alive. Like, you said that, and I was like, oh my god! Like it didn't. Not that it didn't occur to me, but as you said it, just kind of juxtaposing it to different forms of addiction, mm -hmm. I was like, oh fuck. 
I'm really hard on him sometimes. I should really <laughs> ease the fuck up. I was like, that really does give me a lot of perspective or, or I gained a perspective that I maybe forgot about that I needed to revisit, which really kind of, I don't know, made realigned me with how my husband is, is navigating the world now. Yeah. Cause I, that's, I, I, the only time I really kind of realized that was when people were talking about the NA and AA logos. And so like the NA logo, the Narcotics Anonymous oh. logo is the, a circle with a triangle in it. And um, I don't know. No, I, no, I think the AA logo is a circle with a triangle in it. And then a the NA, the Narcotics Anonymous logo is a circle with a square in it. And I guess the, the fourth point in the um, AA the the N, the Narcotics Anonymous uh, logo um, has something to do with the legality of that of uh, the substance. Oh, yeah. whereas alcohol, oh, they don't man. have to because it's legal. Right. Because yeah. it's legal, yeah. Well, I was just thinking about that because I remember doing I did a painting a long time ago, of uh, um for which I think I think I called the painting Brian. It was for a Family Guy show and uh, oh. and it was actually like Fox like you know put the show on and invited me to do it. And then, so I did a painting of Brian sitting at a bar, you know, in front of a martini and around his collar is, you know, his dog tag. And I replaced like the normal, like unmarked collar with a, you know, collar with a triangle in it, you know, implying that, you know, he's an alcoholic. Right. And, you know, so it was, a, it was a very subtle. As I say, did anybody uh, catch it? Um, some people caught it, okay. you know, but like, it's, it's very subtle. Like, I mm -hmm. think people would look at it and think it's a, like a Freemason. Right. I was going to say, <laughs> like, like, kind of right, right. Yeah. but really it's, uh, an addiction issue kind of thing. So interesting. But. Would you say your addiction was f more physical or mental? Oh, it's definitely both. Definitely both. I think that. Which one do you think was the harder one to drop? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think. So like I had to, like I said, I, I, I took a, I went on the me a methadone program yeah. to, to do this and I was on that methadone program for like a couple of years oh, wow. to like, you know, kind of ease myself down yeah. really slowly. Um, because, and there was times during that methadone program where I would slip up and despite the fact that I was on methadone, which has dopamine blo blockers, I was like still like, you know, scoring and like, you know, shooting up and all this other stuff. And, um, but basically what happened was my drug dealer got busted and a whole bunch of people got busted. And then I got arrested for con for when I tried contacting my uh, drug dealer. And then when you show up on a like on a list, you know, and mm. like the city you live in, you're kind of fucked. Wow. You know, because like, you know, you're, you know, a, uh, you know, a drug offender. Yeah. And so police can like just, you know, they see you and they could pull you over and, you know, take a test and so they yeah. arrested you just for contacting him i mean i i contacted her uh, them her like the addict that i was which means i like dropped like probably 30 texts uh. you know tried calling about 10 times so it wasn't just like a, hey i found your cat hey where are you yeah, yeah. Where are right, you? right right hello? all right yeah. you there hello you there you there right right this is a little bit different yeah just a little wow. forget about that context yeah 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 so um and so they and i remember like i you know the, my dealer was a woman and i remember like I finally got a call back and it was a man and everything 
in my head was screaming, Red that's a fucking cop. Hang up, dude, <laughs> that, hang you, up. that is a fucking cop you're talking to. And then like, I'm like, so what do you want to meet? But the addict in you was like, but maybe it's not. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you're going to make a new friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she just like, you know, moved and this yeah. is her replacement. She, she had business. Obviously. <laughs> and I, I, I was at, where was it? The Starbucks on um, Highland and it's like right by the, the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That one. And. Um, I show, uh, I forgot, what's the other, I can't remember the name of the cross street off the, um, but anyways, yeah. I was, you know, I remember like I went over there, there was a guy, you know, doing his best drug, you know, dealer impersonation uh, <laughs> with a hoodie, you know, and yeah. he hands me like a, a, a bag full of balloons, you know, cause that's how that stuff was packaged. And I was looking at him like, what the fuck is this? Because, you know, like. I used to get it in a, uh, packaged a different way. Like, you know, that's what it is. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then next thing I know, like I turn around and a cop card goes oh. right in front of me. And I'm like, ah, shit. I've been like, these aren't baseball cards. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> these aren't baseball cards. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought we were trading comic books. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What's happening? This is not my Starbucks order. <laughs> yeah. I said, you're not, not a barista. What not is a heroin. Yeah. <laughs> but like when that happened, I kind of knew like this, it was done. And yeah. I was relieved to a certain degree because I knew that um, my dealer was going to be going away for a while. And, and I didn't have, you know, like my dealer spoiled me. So like, you know, I, I couldn't just like go to like on the streets and get, mm. you know, the kind of, like crap that quality, I yeah. did. You quality, go to jail? Quality. Um, I spent the night in the glass house. That's it. Yeah, oh, and okay. yeah, it's because, um, yeah, I don't know. I basically yeah, like told the cops what they wanted to hear. Got it. And you know, they let me off the uh, let me out the next day, and you know, yeah. and you know, went back to the methadone clinic. And, that was it. That was the last time. That was the last. Well, I lawyered up too. Right, and, right, of course, you know. right, 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 right. obviously. <laughs> and and I also had like warrants out for my arrest in different counties. Luke, <laughs> you know, so. such a colorful history. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, so. Also kind of relatable though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, once you go rolling down that hill, yeah. like you know, it just happens. Just you know. Make a bunch of friends, you know, who wear uniforms. Yep. <laughs> <So>. yep. <laughs> yeah. And even though I've never been on a list as a known drug offender, like when I was at school, I went to school at Delaware. Mm. Just kind of be like, my mom wouldn't let me go to a bunch of schools that I wanted to because she was trying to keep me out of trouble, I guess. Like she wouldn't let me move to New York. She wouldn't let me move to Boston. So like I right. just, to spider, I was like, I'm going to pick the randomest school I got accepted to. I was like, Delaware. I was like, that's where I'm going. But um I was so out of control there that like the university cops and the city cops knew me by face and name. <laughs> so whenever they would see me walking at nighttime, they'd be like, oh shit, that's Ed Choi over there. Let's follow him. You know, he's going to go get in some trouble. And I'd be like, oh my God. You know what I mean? So like, I definitely understand what you mean. Right. Right. Yeah. No, once, once, once they, once they know you, yeah, once they recognize you, yeah, it's, yeah. it's over. And, um, you know, and, before that, I got like the way the way all this kind of started was I got caught up in the entire like I was living in San Luis Obispo, 
you know, population, what, like 100,000, yeah, 50,000, something like that. I, I don't remember. You know, what I think it's 100,000 with school in session mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Um, you know, I, living in a Central Coast beach paradise, and I got, like, deep into, like, the, like, Oxycontin, you know, and yeah. meth thing that yeah, was, yeah. like, you know, going on out there. And so I didn't like, it wasn't like, you know, me being in LA, I became an addict. Right. Like, like I was, you know. Yeah, I mean, and you own. could hear, you know, but definitely for sure when you're like at a certain age and there isn't anything to do, it's only a matter of time before drugs enter that picture, I think. Uh, oh yeah, well I was like drinking a lot too, Yeah. you know, so like I was, you know, I was, I was so bored. I was yeah, so I was So bored <laughs> and and you know, like I and I, so I would like go to the bars all the time, yep. almost like daily, mm -hmm. and just drink, 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 drink. And like I suffer from what I fondly refer to as Asian drinking syndrome, mm. which means like you know I turn red. I oh, turn you have red. it? Yeah. No, it's 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 the worst. Yeah. You know, and like it just takes a little bit to like completely yep. fuck me up. Do you have that, Ed? Uh, I get like a Zorro mask, oh. but I'm also the same. Like I'll get drunk really fast, but because my family has a history of alcoholism and because I was like a raging alcoholic, I can keep drinking for a really long time. Mm. For anybody who doesn't know what we're referring to, we're talking about the Asian glow, glow. Yep. which is when some Asian people, I think it's probably like an allergy to alcohol. Yeah, we, we yeah. lack an enzyme that breaks down yeah. the alcohol. Yeah, have yeah. like a sip and then turn red. I had a, a friend in college, his name was John, and he would literally take a sip of alcohol and I'm like, your body is trying to tell you something, dude. Your face is fucking purple. Like yeah. your body is trying to re like throw it's it doing up the fucking white flag. It can like, dude. To, to reject it. And then when it gets really bad, you can like feel the blood pulsating through your face. Oh, and it feels like it feels it. like it's yeah. swelling and like you can literally feel it. You're like, I swear yeah. my face is like pulsating your right heart now. is like beating out of your yes. chest Jeez, and, uh, you and i felt you had you persist yeah and i only <laughs> felt that way with just a zora mess like my uh business partner roommate ron like he his whole body turns red oh shit. yeah and like it's like one of those where like if you touch it it leaves that like white print uh -huh. that disappears mm -hmm. like a mood ring yeah and like well, what i learned was if you drink regularly your body kind of builds like the tolerance. Builds, yeah. Yeah, yeah, builds the tolerance. The human body's so smart. <laughs> well, there's there's also the um, antacid trick. Yeah, the pepsid. Yeah, you pop I, the pepsid. I, in you know, it didn't come out till later. Yeah, it, by then I'd already stopped drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we're trying to give you different ways <laughs> yeah, no, no, to drink no, no, or no, go no. back to drinking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, obviously, I had a, a a box of you know pepsid like in my <laughs> in my car that I never really used. But like just in case, yeah, right, you know, right, right. I wanted to give it a try. Um, but but yeah, so I, I I drank and 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 you know and I'd get myself into really like dumb situations, and then like drugs came in and you know it's filled that hole with. You know. While you were in college, were you also an artist? Like, were you? Yeah, what did you go to college yeah. for? So I studied graphic design. Okay. Uh, at um, that's the practical person's right. art yeah. career. Right, right. You know, it's the I want to be an artist, but to I also actually, want yeah. a regular Stand a chance patient. of making money. <laughs> I didn't and come like from a really safe. yeah. I didn't come from a really rich family, so like mine has to be practical. Like right. I have, I to, have to be able to apply stuff. this yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yes, and it was great for me because like I, you know, it taught me everything I kind of needed to know about color theory and um, like whatchamacallit, composition yep. and stuff like that. And um, I was like surrounded, my class had a really like, you know, 
amazingly talented student body. So um, I had a great time out there um, in San Luis Obispo. But I did have a, a, a funny racist, you know, kind of racist. In, uh, I love in, funny <laughs> racist moments. <laughs> Late on us. Late so, on me. <laughs> So I, um, and apparently I wasn't the only one who got the, uh, got this, uh, no, it was, uh, I know another Asian student that got it. And that was, so we had this, um, assignment where we were building this kind of like book to an extent where we were like learning, like hands-on, like color mixing with paint and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So yeah. you'd like build this like graph where you had like white to black and then all the like colors in between and it going, and like I think the opposite way on the like x-axis versus y-axis, and then you had to fill everything in between oh, it cool. by make one of those colors mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you you had you did it on chipboard, and you sat there with an exacto blades, and you carefully cut each one into perfect squares, and then like oh you know gosh. create this grid. Yeah. And like I was not good at this. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. And I got a note from one my professor saying like you're. I don't think graphic design is your thing. Maybe you should like look into like the math department. <laughs> Wait, so this this professor's idea was like, hey, your graph is not great. You should you do go into math, math that, and do graphs <laughs> there no, instead. Oh, no, I think it's because my cuttings were not perfect. My my brush strokes were not perfectly flat. Right. You know, which is so crazy. Also goes though. along with the like the exactness of that. Right. And you know also I mean? like there are other mediums to art, you, you know, like exacto no, cutting this is, squares this, this might is not. Before, this is like 1991. Yeah. So like yeah, it, was yeah. right, it was way before like Photoshop was yes. like the standard and everything. It was all done by hand, yeah. It was all everything. Like, yeah, like I was like part. probably a year or two, like, you know, after they were cutting Rubylith to like do masking for magazines and stuff. I don't oh. know that I'm familiar with that, but like yeah, yeah. it, you know, in the old times, graphic design, like after like, you know, like like movable type and stuff, they um they were using this stuff called Rubylith. Rubylith was like a gel, uh, like an or uh, an amber colored gel on like clear plastic, and mm. you would sit there with an exacto blade, and ah. like in order to do your masking, you would like cut yep. like the silhouette of what you want, you know, masked out, and you had to do it precisely without scratching the plastic too badly and everything like that. And so, like, graphic design at the time was hands-on. So you did have to be good at exacto cutting. Yeah, that's At all those really uh, stuff. And so, like, in math, you just, like, you know, write on, you know, like, you know, whatever you flick your yeah. abacus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, in the nineties, yes. <laughs> like now we have calculators that just graph everything for you very precisely. But so, but yeah, so I, I, I that, but the at the end of it all, at the end of my um, my uh, time in school, that uh, that specific professor was arguing with another like painting um, pr uh, professor as to who had the biggest influence on me as an artist. So like, you thought know. Thought it was him? No, she. Oh, she thought she, it was her? She, yeah, because she taught a painting class. Uh, and, yeah. the, uh, and the other professor taught an illustration class. 
And they were, and I had like, you know, all these like paintings in like the student exhibition that were like getting awards and stuff like that. And so like, you know, it was like, were you this like, is, this is my handiwork. <laughs> hey, excuse <laughs> me, I actually just shoved an abacus in my hand. Don't get the fuck out of here, actually. So. Well, like you, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Well, my, my, my other, my friend, uh, J uh, John, who is like, um, also Asian American, um, got the, the, the similar note and his plan was during the, you know, the graduation walk was to hand and he became like an art director. I think for a while he was an art director at Apple and oh, he wow. was like, you know, amazing talent, super talented, uh, graphic designer. And he and I were always kind of like, like butting heads yeah. competing you know, and competing. Yeah, yeah. He was definitely right. way here and I was, don't sell yourself. Well, well, so before I graduated, I had a professor kind of pull me aside I, and say, you know, Luke, you are a mediocre graphic oh designer. My <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for but pulling me in here. <laughs> you are a much better illustrator. Oh, right. okay. And you should like look into pursuing a career in, okay. in illustration. And I was like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> that almost sounded like a pep talk. Yeah. Almost so close. You could have actually just not even said the whole first part, but that's fine. We're yeah. here. Well, she, you know, the funny thing, and uh, I asked um, her, like, you know, which, you know, what chart school should I like look into pursuing, uh, going in for an MFA or something, and uh, should I like look at the like art center or like you know any of these prestigious art schools? And she's like, no, you should like you know look at like you know, maybe something like a, a university education because it's a more well-rounded education. You gain, just you, in case. you get more experience just like, you know, living in these in environments and, ex and existing and interacting in these environments than you would like say art center where, like I remember when I first moved down here, like, and we would be like, sh you know, hanging artwork at this, the cannibal flower show that I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. and. It's like you could spot it a mile away. Like, oh, art center. Oh yeah. Art center. Yeah, 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 yeah. Art center because they had this very specific aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, mostly because the 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 professors that they had were such personalities. Yep. Right. You know, it's hard not to be like caught up in their charisma. Yep. Mm. So, and be influenced. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. It's like you definitely know more than me. I'm following you right. yeah, all yeah, the way yeah. to right. hell. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of the reason why like I hated school so much, especially college. Mm. It's like I went to school for advertising, and mm. like I think a lot of in creative industries, it's really hard for me not to be like. And I understand that it's not like this for everywhere, especially the prestigious schools. But like, I always kind of just felt like you're here because you weren't great. Mm. You know, so like, why would I listen to your critique? You mean like those who can't do teach? Yes, you know what I mean? And again, I understand it's not like that all the time. I mm. understand a lot of a lot of like great artists, you know, do teach while they are doing it. It's like it. that new Bob Odenkirk um, show, right? Like um, where he was a professor and he's like, you know, like you guys are all fucking mediocre. This entire, this is an institution for mediocrity, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it, but I saw the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's how I felt because um, it just, you know, when they would tell us, like, they, it, sometimes you could, like, almost sense the, I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but they, like, sometimes could resent talented students 
You know what I mean? And I always felt like they would just like try to instill in you like hard work, hard work, hard work. And I'm like, yeah, you did a lot of hard work and you're here. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I don't know who you are, like other than my professor. Like, so I guess I'm just trying to say in a really long winded way, like if you're in school right now, teachers don't know everything. <laughs> well, okay. So I had one highly influential job while I was in school. Um, most of the time I was like making pizzas or selling pizzas, you know, or whatever. Delivering pizzas. Yeah, del or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I worked at the university union pizza place, yeah. oh, you know, fine. Yes. Yeah. or and then I also got a job at the, as a, a waiter or not waiter as a bus boy at the Chinese place. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but then I, but there was one time I went back home to Fresno uh, and I worked for, you remember those like, news um like paper like grade like auto trader magazines yeah, yeah. yeah. where yeah. it's just like lists and lists of yes. cars being sold yep i worked for one of those like putting them together yeah like like, like the layout and putting the like copy and pasting the, oh the, and putting information like and like then printing it out and then laying uh, lay, uh, you know putting together like by hand yep. you know and um it was like the one of the worst jobs, but Let's also see. one of the most enlightening jobs for me because so? like, so these things come out um, like every other week and you start off working eight, eight hours. And then like, as we get closer and closer to deadline, you know, it's a 10 hour day and then it goes to a 12 or it's, it's like a six hour day, eight hour day, 10 hour day, 12 hour day. And then, you know, start over and again. then, and then you, yeah, starts yeah. over again. And that was like the class that taught me all the quick keys that like, you know, when you open up a drop down menu and you see like command mm. C and command, it's like, Oh, yep. that, that means something. Oh, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These and, short click shortcuts add up to save massive really amounts does. of time. Yes. Yeah. Now I like to work 11 and a half hours. Yeah. They don't teach you that in university. Um, great. Uh, I feel classes. like it's supposed to be common sense. But it's not. Well, 1995, it wasn't. Oh, common sense. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We barely just technology. got emails. I remember yeah. it, was, mm -hmm. it was my first year in college, and my sister had called me, and she's like, Go to the library. There's this thing called email. Yep. And I was like, That's <laughs> not going to stick. No one's going to know that. That's ridiculous. I'll just fax it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you're crazy. Okay, are you living in like this in outer yeah. space? Back to the future world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Email. That's never gonna stick. Right? That's, you that's like the. Uh, and it didn't. Kind of. Like, I mean, it's still around, but we're like into texts and like DMs. And yeah, but now email is still very much. It is a, thing. a standard. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a formal text message. It is. It is. <laughs> you know, very professional. You know, you know, you're being serious when it comes yeah. in the form of an email. Especially, especially if at the end there's like a signature. You know what I mean? Oh, or like, the confidentiality yes. thing. Yes. <laughs> you're like, oh, you must be very important. So <laughs> <laughs> you think you are? <laughs> Ooh, confidential. <laughs> but tell me more. Liable. I think what? the art director from that job like pulled me aside and was like. Like, you know, like, don't get your hopes up. Damn. You know, like At Auto Trader? Not, yeah, the Auto Trader thing. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know uh, you're a creative guy, you're a nice guy, but like, I mean, like, it's sound advice. Like, yeah. you know, like, just because, you know, you've, like, whatever, 
you know. Yeah, there's so many people when you're pursuing the arts, especially where it's just like, people want you to be successful, but they know what a small percentage of people actually, you know, become mm -hmm. successful in the endeavors that you yeah, pursue, but you, you know? But oftentimes are those people part of that statistic that they're referencing? And that's Most what I mean when I say and, like, they're, and they're sharing their experience. Yeah. You know, and like You'll never make it in this biz, kid. <laughs> you know? It's never going to work for you. Yeah. Right, because yeah. I, I worked my whole life, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was just a taxi dancer or whatever. Yeah. I don't even know if this is a thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, there is definitely a lot of that. It's like the deterrence because of your, I don't want to say failure, but maybe, you know, your early experience. experienced success. Yes. Well, this, this kind of brings up like one of the things that I, I used to like talking about is the three things you need to be successful in the, in the arts. And, and those, do you still believe this? There's a little more nuance okay. to it now, but right. like yeah, I, life. when I first started kind of like, when I first like started like feeling like oh, I can, I can do this. Okay. Like this is a career. I, I kind of like, you know, like distilled it down to three things. Okay. And the three things that you needed were um, talent, you know, sound. Yeah. You know, yeah. talent is, you know, you got to have like the yeah. skills to pay the bills, right? Right. right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> you needed discipline. Yes. yes. And that is the heart. That's, mm. that's a tough one. Um, that's the hardest one. Yeah. It's, it's hard to like not get caught up in the romanticization of mm. what you're doing. And the third is luck. It's yes. a big one. Yeah. That's and one. like, but luck isn't just like dumb luck. Luck no. kind of manifests in so many different ways. Of course. And it's somewhat controllable sometimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah a, lot of, well, a lot of the times too, it's just like the luck of being born who you are. Yeah. Right? Sure. Like, like say, uh, what is it? The, the Beckham's kid, David Beckham's kid. He like fancies himself a photographer. And so he put and up the chef. What? And he thinks he's also yeah, a chef. Right, exactly. And so he takes these photos and people are like, these are so fucking yep. rudimentary Or he'll, or he'll like photos. literally give like- and He's these, like, I'm an artist. And he'll be like, give these like cooking- um, Demos. Like demos and like hacks and stuff. And you're like, literally that, like professional uh, chefs will come in they're like, that doesn't that do anything. terrible. Nobody <laughs> does that. That's not a technique yeah. that people do. You know? Well, if he has the discipline Right. To <laughs> like see past his but, own name and yes. like embrace critique. But when he doesn't learn. have the first one, talent. Just do the others <laughs> matter? <laughs> so on the long run, no, no. But I think that like you could get somewhere with when you're when you're short on one of them, for sure. Yeah. Like, or you could just yeah. have immense luck. Yeah. You know. But it only, get, it, it only gets you so far. It does. Right. Yeah, you need the discipline to and Definitely. the talent to be able to keep that, that sale um, rolling. But um, I don't know. I, uh, like I, I have like examples of like people I know that like were lacking in one of the three at uh, the three and mm -hmm. like their careers start strong and then it peters out. But I don't really. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. No, no. We don't, <laughs> maybe, maybe, we don't, maybe we don't light them up right now. <laughs> well, the cameras you, are You've off. been spared. This is for the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People only. We're looking at hey, that. We'll name that. <laughs> oh, I'll give you a fucking list. <laughs> How much you got? <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, well, Luke, we want to thank you so much for coming in today and having dinner with you last night. We've had so much fun. Um, yep. I don't know if you're open to it, but I consider you my best friend. Um, we are besties now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yep. um, are there any things coming up for you that, that you want to talk, right talk about? Right now I'm working on my August solo show. Hopefully Ooh. we could like, you know, have me back on before uh, before the show. So we, we would talk about, yeah. or we could even do like a walkthrough thing. <gasps> yeah, what yeah, if yeah. we do a, sh a show at your show? We could do a Let's live show. Acoustics might be really bad. It's but, okay. We have yeah. this. Isn't this like this will magically this make everything this does work? Help, we'll talk to. We'll talk to. I think producer. I also have. Um, we also have like lapel mics that might be better for acoustic. <gasps> I can fulfill my like newscaster <laughs> fantasies. Yeah, <laughs> nice. you can put the blazer back on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and just do this I'll every wear, once in a while. Or the green one. That's my power blazer. <laughs> Because it's like a green power ranger? Um, I don't know, but I put it on and people are like, oh my God, she's a very powerful woman. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Because green implies money. Maybe. Ooh. I thought it was red. I thought red was the oh, power color. Oh, that's the Asian war. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right? That's like, like the Nancy Reagan power suit? No, it is. Yeah. Both are in different ways. In different ways. Well, we'll find it. I'll do an yeah. experiment. Maybe I'll green is one. understated power. Maybe. Yeah. It's like <laughs> subtle. Yep. Power, right? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's because your complexion just lends itself. It may be. It, oh, you know what? That could theory. be it. Yep, yep, in yep. color theory. You're a winter. Yeah. <laughs> you have a lot of red undertones in your skin, so the green just helps really complement. Stay away contrast. from lavender, whatever you do. Oh, wow. Purple. You didn't do that when you were in Japan, did you? What? That, um, like, I think it's big in Korea too, where they do the. Try to tell you what colors. Oh yeah, they do that. Stuff. There's an. There's Not that a, that's something you'd be interested I wear in, but just black. for the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that we I know. can safely it's say slimming. we all do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are all wearing black Not hoodies right black, now. Not black, but black hoodies. <laughs> yeah. Very specific. Yeah. Very color coordinated. Is it because we want to be ninja? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I am not afraid of a callback. Okay. <laughs> so. You're not Japanese. No. no. I'm not, not you're not Japanese. No, yeah, None yeah. Of us I'm are not Japanese. Japanese. Like, so like if I do a Japanese accent, is that racist? We're gonna have to table that because Maybe. I think it is. Isn't <laughs> it? Because like, you know, I, I do a funny <laughs> and really not right Japanese accent because, you know <laughs> look. Um, yeah, you guys should think it's funny. You guys are Korean. <laughs> Imperialism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck the Japanese. You know, war criminals, all of them. I think that that's exactly why. Like, there's so much like historical context to it that if I was just like, yeah, it's funny, like, but this is why I find it funny. <laughs> this is why. But like, I don't know. I I won't touch that with a ten foot pole. To be honest. Yeah, I used to think oh, accents okay. were funny. You have to ask a Japanese person what they think. I think overall, if it's not, I don't know. I, I say no. Know. I say don't do it. See, like you know, I was thinking about the um, the uh, me want to be ninja um, woman, and I was just thinking, like, I guess that's just the burden of the majority. I guess, or is it just like the majority's? ambitions and understanding that the exploitation of it will garner them gain them something right like i i don't know that it's the burden if it's not if you're going to use it to your advantage mm. yeah for me the accent is offensive thing comes in is like what was your purpose though 
You know? What is it for the lols? Then I <laughs> feel like the then I feel like it's questionable, you know. <laughs> but that's me personally. What if I just her hate that husband was Japanese and he just talked that way and he was imitating him? Nope. Still <laughs> yeah. a hard no for me, Luke. Same. Still a hard no. Like if Which somebody- is even worse. Like so, somebody that you love, you're just gonna fucking clown them. That's fucked up. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're married. I'm saying, but, You're, but I, it's I don't, your job to clown on your significant other <laughs> to his face, He's, not to other people. It's like calling your sister a bitch. I can call my sister a bitch. You can't you fucking can. call my sister a yeah, bitch, yeah, yeah. bitch. But what if she was being a bitch? <laughs> but that doesn't matter. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But I'll tell her she was being a bitch. You don't need to. I'm doing it. Yeah, like that's my can job. I like whisper to you, like, oh, your sister's really being a bitch. Can you? Well, that maybe that's different. <laughs> You're informing me yeah, of yeah, her yeah. being a bitch so that I can then. Or do like, something about it. As friends, you're commiserating <laughs> right. about like, her being a bitch. I could be like, you're right, she is a fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, like, okay. If, like if my, my, my best friend was like, hey man, your mom can be a bitch sometimes. I'd be like, yeah, she is Correct. kind of a bitch to me. But if somebody was like, your mom's a bitch, you're going to get punched in the face. Right, for sure. It's, it's I'm gonna knock you out. Yeah, because there's a difference between like trauma bonding or you know, versus just abject, just being made fun of. But what if? Like my mom goes up to my friend, goes, "Oh, you so fat now. <laughs> you need to lose weights." <laughs> and then walks away. My friend looks at me. He's like, "Man, your mom's a bitch." <laughs> we'll be like, "There's a lot to unpack there." Yeah, so yeah, yeah. sit down. And so I was three years old when you know yeah. what I mean. Like it's like a like, you, yeah. you know what? You want context? You want to know all the reasons why my mom's a bitch? Let's get into See, it. My conversation would go. And that's how it feels to have Asian parents. Right, know? exactly. Because that was supposed to be love. Right, right. She's telling you you look Yeah, she's robust. actually telling you that she likes you. Now, welcome to my childhood. Right. Yeah, she, and she's she cares about your health yeah. right. and wants you to lose weight yep. because, like, you know, your little heart can only pump <laughs> yeah. so much, much blood. blood. Welcome to being Asian, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh my oh god! My god. Oh. This is like new. Uh, like this is the Patreon material here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, right? Do we even have that yet? We keep trying to. We're going to. I have one set up, but figure I it out. To do it, yeah. Then. But we have to figure out what it is you're getting. You know, like is it feet pics? Is it like feet? Free? Is it lives? You know, is it I mean, like you know if you can make money off of just taking pictures of your feet? Then like hell yes, not? dude. But see, the Fun. thing is, is like that's a that's the that's the the gateway thing right because once you say yes to like feet pics like they, they don't stop at feet pics oh no like, it's like okay you well up your legs a little and no like, no oh, it's like well now i want you to wear socks for a week on those feet and then send them to me and then if you're not gonna and then after that it's like and then i want you to wear this pair of underwear for three days and then send them to me as a and man then it's like I don't like as that. a man, I'm okay with that. Uh, those requests are fine. As a I woman, I don't want to give you my DNA. Like, what the fuck? No. Oh. You know, last time I was in, I was in Japan recently, and I went to the one like there's a um a place to go to called Nakano Broadway, and it's got a couple of adult bookstores in there, and it's the only place I've ever been to where like they had on the wall, um like you know a Polaroid of a, a, a pair of panties, and a Polaroid of the girl wearing said panties. Yeah, sure you know, it was. In the bag. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and you could be able to buy it in like, you know, whatever. Oh and, my gosh. And I think COVID took out that industry. 
because it wasn't there anymore. No <laughs> industry did not suffer because of COVID. Yeah. Every COVID industry. Everyone. Even industries you didn't know. I was like sad because I, like, I, I took my friend with me and we're like, oh, let's, let's go like find the used panties. <laughs> and you're like, sir, sir, I was here a few years ago and there were panties on this wall. I don't see them. Do you still have them? He's like, yeah. no, man, COVID wiped out the whole industry. Yeah, I, I, or, or I could have said, oh, oh. Pensu, pensu, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe COVID. Don't do that, Luke. Your guys are canceled. God oh, damn it. Wait, maybe, maybe COVID got them sold out. No, I don't. Maybe people maybe. were like, remember at the beginning of the pandemic when people were wearing the most ridiculous things as masks? Oh right, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. wearing ladies' underwear no, as I a mask. I've literally <laughs> seen people wearing women's underwear as masks. One of my yeah. first TikToks yeah. was a guy wearing like boxer shorts as a mask, and I was like, "Were they new?" Is <laughs> what I want to know. I doubt Did you it. Buy them on OnlyFans, or I, mean, they I think old? I said, "There's nothing like owning the libs by smelling <laughs> your own balls." Like, <laughs> what are you doing? It's a familiar smell. <laughs> yeah. It's a comforting, ah, familiar smell. Like oh. Yeah, yeah. It's like mm. I know this guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like mm, not sour today. Yeah. You should go to the doctor. Yes. Nothing says that you put your hands on your pants and then goes like this after more than wearing your own underwear on as a mask. your face. Yeah. Hey, you know, look. Yeah, I pick all, my nose too, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. We've with all that. been there. We all, you know, like sometimes you just want to know what's going on. Like, I, yeah. oh, I didn't take a shower yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Is everything yeah, where it's supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <sighs> and by the way, that wasn't me mocking Japanese people. That was me speaking in Japanese. In, 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 <laughs> yes, because pansu is. Yeah. You know, that's how Koreans you know, say <laughs> That's how that's how you say panties panties in Japanese. Um, there was a little gesturing <laughs> in, included. <laughs> I'm the, a bower. Are you a bower? I am like, a bower. I can't be. Oh my God. <laughs> I watched this video yesterday where this person taught their dog to do the Asian bow. And it was someone's mom. It was the dog owner's mom would go, and she was Korean. She could be like, I knew how to say hi. She'd say hi. And then there was two dogs. The one dog never learned it. And the one dog kept being like, and she was like, oh, yes. And I was so like, cute. I didn't know there was a trick I had to teach. That her. is amazing. That is amazing. I think that's fantastic. That I'm going to go amazing. rush home. Yeah, no, literally, it was like, oh, I'm going to put a clip right here. I was going to say, I, I need know. to see oh it. I need to see it. Be on this you video. should duet that thing or whatever they no, call it. No, because if you do, they'll be like, why are you going to eat that dog in? No, no. I don't care about this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triggers me. Yeah, it does trigger me, but I can't share Colt. He's like the cutest thing I've ever seen. But I'm going to teach that motherfucker, my motherfucker, how to do a bow. Mm -hmm. And I will do what that. Speaking of yeah. cute little animals. Pending if I'm successful. <laughs> you should do like a series of small, like 10 second TikToks of you like trying to teach your dog that. Oh, you yeah, should. I could. That's a good idea too. Yep. People love that shit. But I should probably show them that I succeeded first before they're like, why the fuck would I listen to this idiot? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Okay. Good point. Like, look what I did. Let me show you how I did it. Yep. Yep. Speaking of really cute animals, I want to show you guys what Luke gave each of us. Oh, um, you're like holding yeah. on to that this whole time? Uh, well, because I was waiting for this moment where I could show off that I have an artist's okay. piece of work. So that's the uh, the Hello Lukey, uh, the blue and white um, sort of one. I think I still have some available on my online store. 
store, lukechu.bigcartel.com. And um, it's kind of, it's about the fact that when I was designing my character, one of the, the character, um, one of the like influences that I had was Hello Kitty. Mm. And the reason why I like fixated on Hello Kitty was because over the 40 some years of Hello Kitty being around. She's 48 and I know that because she and I are the same age. She's 47. 47. Yeah. Uh, she her design she was born the same year as me okay <laughs> her design hasn't changed yeah it has stayed consistent, consistent yep. the entire time and it's been fresh it's modern um and i wanted to create a character that over time would not age, age. Mm-hmm. yeah would not like you know timeless yeah, right. I, yeah i wanted a timelessness about my character so that, which is the reason why when you look at my characters it's basically distilled down to the silhouette of the head and two eyes and a nose mm-hmm. and you, know. you say it that way. It's very simple, but there's like a lot so much of complexity technique to it. and like shading and. Well, that's kind of a recent-ish thing. Like that's me, like going, "All right, I want to learn how to actually paint." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you said that sure. each one of these is unique. Yes. Right? So that's they're made in Japan, which it, all the more reason, you know, for something like Hello Luki, it had to be made in Japan. Right. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, there's a trend in the art toy scene um, where, like, you know, for Sufubi, which is soft vinyl, um, and it's all like kind of hand poured, hand mixed. Like so, this I I really like love the swirly vinyl because someone has to go in there and like pour one vinyl, dump some of it out, and then or mm. uh, and then pour another vinyl and swirl it together. Or I, I think what they do is they swirl it together in a, a thing and then pour it and then and then dump it. It's oh, um, they don't pour, they don't swirl it in the in the cast. I think they do. I don't know. Like there's there's we found. I'm picturing uh, someone pouring one, pouring the other, and then like in the cast and taking like a small like toothpick like they do in food. Yeah. And then like doing these swirls. Well, they're is a couple of Hello Lukis that um, my sister and I looked at, and it is almost obvious that they were writing, like stuff in, in, stuff in, in order to, to do the to create the agitations. Like yeah. maybe they, like they got they got so sick of it. And it's like the uh, Disney. Oh yeah, the sex hidden penises stuff. and yeah, the yeah, pillars. They're like, they're like, there's only so much of this I can do before I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like, my Hello Lukey says butthole on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it says help. <laughs> I'm trapped in a Japanese toy making factory. <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> no, don't say that. God. Damn Actually, it. the what's interesting about this fact. Is, is they are literally like two to three person factories. Yeah. It's Small batch. in a tiny little like apartment that's been rigged to with all the air filtration stuff, and they're just pouring vinyl and then curing it there and then pulling it, and, um, and then like the second room will be like a paint booth. That's so cool. And so it's like everything's done like one at a time. Yeah. It's it's um, it's an interesting craft, and you could do like you know the same thing in China now, um, but. Like but for this, the culture, it had to be from Japan. Well, the funny thing is, is that a lot of Japanese artists, because the a lot of these factories in Japan are so backlogged with, you know, Americans or Westerners wanting to have their stuff manufactured there and are willing to wait the half year mm-hmm. um, to have it done. A lot of Japanese like toy artists are going to China, you know, because they could get it done cheaper right. and faster. faster. And- more mass produced. Yeah, well, they don't care about the culture because their art is the culture, whereas <laughs> the rest of us were right. like, we're visiting the culture, so it needs to be done in Japan. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, or yeah, or we just want to like have some like 
authenticity. authenticity. Whereas like, your Japanese artists are like, you are the authenticity. Right. Yeah. I waited two years to have this done in Japan. Yeah. While eating this ridiculously expensive sushi. <laughs> Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the final note, Michelin has ruined Asia. He really believes that. Five <laughs> A Wagyu. What did you call it? What was it? A, there's like uh, no like like uh, like A oh, five like A five Wagyu. A five was Wagyu is not a Michelin thing, but I think <sighs> it's overrated. No, it's delicious. No, it not not delicious. that part. The Michelin part. Yeah, oh yeah, Michelin. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> we just like Asian cultures and food have thrived before. Imagine, okay, you know what the stereotype for food stuff in in the United States is? Like, if there's someone taking a picture of the food, eight out of ten times, I mean, four out of five times, it's an Asian person. Yes. Now, imagine a country <laughs> filled with Asians. Yeah. You know, they want that hype beast fucking food. Yeah. yeah. They, they yeah, want yeah. that, like, you know, they, they're willing to pay out the nose, wait, Hours and yeah. hours for this shit. For the fucking money know, shot. And it's just kind of like, no, you're, you're ruining it for everyone yeah. else. <laughs> and, yeah, I gotcha. And, and yeah, I'm guilty. Yeah, I'm just going to go to the Moss Burger, which is like, you know, the, I think the first hot hamburger chain. And I'm just going to, you know, eat. Or I'm going to go to the, 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 the revolving sushi place, you know, and just oh, eat yeah, that. Yeah. And, and right. it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, the revolving sushi in Japan is still like, here compared to yes. like Kura sushi, which is great, by the way. I love, I'm a fan of Kura sushi. Do you ever go to Kura sushi? Mm -hmm. yeah, there's like two of them, one in Little Tokyo, one in, on, one oh, in Sotel. Yeah. I always go by there, but then I'm always like, oh, I gotta get ramen, or I'm like, oh, I gotta get pho. <laughs> and then I, yeah. I walk past it. Hard not to go. go to sushi. That's the revolving sushi. Nongla's right? got good pho. Good pho. Nongla? Like, yeah, I yeah, love Nongla. Nongla's great. Yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah. I'll check it out for sure, for sure. You know, it's, if you want like less than $3 a plate sushi, I do want that. I want that right now. Starving. I was gonna say you're going west side, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, well, on that note, we're all gonna go eat now. But um, <laughs> again, we want to thank you so much. Yeah, I no. know you took two days you, out of your life. You had dinner with us last oh, night, and now you're here today. Yeah, it's, so it's, thank you so much. It's fun. I'm I'm happy to do this. this thank is great, you. you. Thank know, you. And we'll so. definitely be seeing you. It, it, if not before August, for sure before the show, because I'm actually really excited. I really want to go. I really want to go see that. I hope I don't let you guys down. You, you could never. You could well if you yeah, could do that yeah, Japanese yeah, accent, you might. I let myself down. These all things are the time. all to be, to, to be determined, but we really do appreciate yeah, it. We no. can't thank you enough, and the we look forward to our our long-standing relationship with you. And this is so cute. And I can't wait to watch my girls fight over it just for me to tell them that neither of them can fucking have it. And it's mine. We're taking it out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. don't even. This is, no. Yeah, take it out of the bag. Like, that's, that's the reason why I created a shitty header card. It's so you could just no, like, pull it out and like go like, you know, set it on Luke, you should know no. better. You don't take things out of I plastic. Take things out of, I take things out of the plastic. Mm-mm. Yeah. The remote comes out of the plastic, <laughs> but not the toy. The couch gets, comes out of the plastic. <laughs> the couch <laughs> and the remote comes out of the plastic. Uh, not plastic the toys. Plastic couches, anyway. You guys can follow everyone, Luke, on... At Luke Chu. Um, I'm on... I have a TikTok. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't post very often. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. The last thing, the last one I did was the, um, the youth filter thing. Oh, did yeah. it work? Yeah. You should watch. You, should uh, I'll, you know what? I, I'll follow you. Um, right are you on Instagram too? I am on Instagram at Luke Chu. And okay. my Facebook is problematic. So 
Oh shit! All right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't go on Facebook for that <laughs> yeah. reason, um, and I'm sure you have a website, and you can go to yeah, the website. My and website hasn't been updated in like over 11 years, but check it out. It's got all my old work. Yeah, cool. So. I, and you can go get one of these. And too. you go to my store, luchu.bigcartel.com. Perfect. Yep. And you can follow Sujia at Sujia One at tic, on TikTok and on Instagram. And you can find me everywhere at Etch a Sketch with a J, or find our podcast at What in the Shibar. Wait, is that how you say it? Yeah, Shibar. Shibad is Korean for like fuck shit. Yeah, it's like an exclamatory like fuck or what the fuck shit. Yeah, so it's like what in the shit, what in the fuck. What? I, don't I remember exactly. like looking at that going, I, I don't know how to say that. Yeah, uh, a, lot a lot of people think people, it's Shibal. Shibal, yeah. which makes sense. Um, I, did we spell it right? Yeah, I wouldn't know. How to, yeah, it's fine. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> Korean, so it's spelled however the fuck we wanted to spell I, I think English. We decided what we're going to call our, our listeners, right? Maybe. We'll see. We're playing with it. Either way, we'll see you Shiballers later. <laughs> Take your Shiballin' asses <laughs> the fuck out of here. That is great. Uh, you should create a shirt. Oh, we will. No, we oh, will. We're doing all of it. All right, so thank you again. Uh, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring that bell. Ding. And other than that, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Okay, okay bye! bye. bye. <laughs>